Welcome to Leadership Requested. I'm your host, Jen Rebar. Thanks for listening. After the pandemic hit, the world was more disconnected than ever before. My daughter Juliana and I wanted to help, so we started this podcast to empower leaders with encouraging messages from around the world. We both love hearing people tell their heartfelt stories and have a passion for learning. Join us every Wednesday as a unique leader comes on our show to talk with us and share their story of how they use leadership to make their slice of the world a better place. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy listening to our show, subscribe to our channel, give us a review, and let us know what you think. Remember, your leadership has been requested. Are you ready? Hi, Jen. My name is Rick Davis. And my, currently, my company is Impactus, Cultivating Today's Leaders. And it took me a while to get here to start uh, this company. I originally am from New Jersey, and I joined a volunteer fire company there when I turned 18. I also joined the Air Force when I turned 18. And I wanted to get into firefighting, but it took a couple years and some real struggles to do that. Uh, within the fire department. But during that time period, I was stationed down in North Carolina and I used to make the trek up I-95 to Jersey as much as I could to hang out around the firehouse and go on calls and so forth like that. And then uh, eventually I did. <laughs> I did make it into the fire department and I've got a story about that one and uh, which I've written a book that's over my shoulder here, The Furnace of Leadership Development. And I detail that story in the book. Uh, the Air Force wanted to send me back to my original career field because of a shortage. And I, no, I, I'm not going back. I, I want firefighting. And so I left active duty, got hired in the civil service. And at that point, I was down at the Lowry Air Force Base in Denver. And I went from there to Minot Air Force Base, North Dakota, which, wow, that was quite a shocker. I spent my required 90 days there, and I transferred back down to Buckley Air Force Base in Aurora, Colorado, and then decided I was going to go to college. And uh, I didn't have enough sense to figure out that as a firefighter working a 24-hour shift, I could go to college and still work the job at the same time. So I resigned, and I uh, I wound up working as a janitor at, uh, at our church, and I ran out of money. And I ran out of money really, really quick. <laughs> Tried to get back into the Air Force. And they said, hey, we got too many firefighters. You're, you're not coming in. So uh, yeah. ultimately, I wound up in the Marine Corps as a firefighter and wound up down at uh, Marine Air Station, Yuma, Arizona. And I was only there for a few months. And uh, the uh, squadron career planner came to me and says, Davis, we got too many NCOs and crash crew. Pick a job. So they shoved this big binder at me with a, what we refer to lovingly in the military as the dream sheet, which if you actually think that's what you're going to get, you're, you are dreaming. <laughs> and that's all I was doing was dreaming because the Marine Corps took me and they put me in a career field that wasn't on my dream sheet, which was aviation mm -hmm. operations. And uh, initially I was, I was ticked off. You know, I was ticked off because I had uh, you know, re-enlisted into the military to get in the firefighting and now they're saying there's too many. I was uh, shuffled off to Naval Air Station, Meridian, Mississippi, for school. And little did I know, but I learned two skills there that have played out, have been valuable for a lifetime. The first one was typing, and I had to learn how to type on an IBM Selectric. And I had to type, and I had to type out to be able to pass the course. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And the other uh, skill that I learned was uh, computers. 
And so those two things have been valuable. You know, I always laugh because, you know, the, the mantra is every Marine's a rifleman and everybody thinks about that. You know, it's like, hey, Marines, you know, they, they know how to how to fire weapons, but give little thought to the fact that, hey, there were some of us, too, you know, that learned how to use computers and type. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, during, I saw I, I was then sent to Marine Air Station, Cherry Point, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, during that time period, I, I got to do a lot of interesting, you know, things with the Marine Corps. Uh, the unfortunate side was I injured my right knee and I wound up being medically discharged from the Marine Corps. However, during that time I was down there, I was introduced to my wife. Uh, she was living here in Loveland, Colorado. She was working for the city of Loveland. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got out, came here, I'd had a job offer for a defense contracting company. And it made sense to come here. She was employed. I could be employed versus dragging both of us back to Jersey, being unemployed, you know, <laughs> living in, you know, one of the most densely populated states in America, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, which, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't here that long, about, I don't know, a couple of years. And then I uh, joined the fire department, got back into the fire department. And so I spent almost 30 years with uh, Loveland Fire Rescue. And I retired from Loveland Fire Rescue on May 3rd of this year. And my total time between Loveland and the Air Force Marine Corps and New Jersey as a volunteer fire, 37 years, 37 years as, as a firefighter. So in November of 2019, I launched my book, The Furnace of Leadership Development. And then accompanying that, I created my business. And as I said earlier, Impactus, Cultivating Today's Leaders trying to work the business, you know, and work a 48-hour shift and responsibilities as a battalion chief included on-call duty and emergency recalls and off-duty meetings, so forth like that. It wasn't working. And mm -hmm. uh, I was told that at the end of this year or early 2021, I was going to be moved back into the uh, staff position as the department's training chief. And, uh, but, well, that's I'm already having a hard time building the business, you know, and that's not going to help. But in May, that or was accelerated. Hey, Rick, we're going to move you May 4th. And I was like, no, no. After 37 years on the job as a firefighter, you know, it was time. And so since that time, you know, I've been working the business full time. But what's interesting, so I retired at 730 in the morning on Sunday morning, May the 3rd. <laughs> Saturday morning, that following Saturday morning, I also became a member of the uh, John Maxwell team. So, you know, now I'm a, a certified uh, coach, speaker, and trainer with uh, John Maxwell team, and I'm also doing uh, leadership consulting. And, you know, wow. some people said, oh, wow, geez, Davis, you did all this with COVID. What were you, nuts? It's like, no, you know, I, I wasn't nuts. Um, prior to me retiring from the fire department, I did have a uh, organization cancel a training session because of COVID, said, hey, Rick, mm -hmm. we're, we're locking the facility down won't let anybody in. But uh, from the upside with COVID, it has created so many opportunities, including this one that I have here with you, Jen, uh, because I've been networking, uh, networking around the world. And uh, John Maxwell mm -hmm. team has helped with that, uh, open that up. And so there's been so many opportunities for me to apply my, my trade, you know, that way. And the, how I look at it is I've been really blessed over the years. And yeah, when I was growing up as a kid, I wanted to be a firefighter, had my first ride in a fire engine when I was three years old, and I wanted to be in the military. Oh. Yeah, so I, I achieved both of those, and not only one branch, but two branches, and then 37 years as a firefighter, and 
Now I'm on a, a the third phase of my life, you know, consulting, teaching leadership, which I, I absolutely love doing. So that, that's that's my story. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing it with us. I really do appreciate you being on. I have a few questions for you. Sure. Um, my first one is... What? Uh, why a book? I mean, you you have kind of had this gradual thing, but mm-hmm. putting it all in a book. What was that creative spark for you that that made you think I need to get it all down on paper? It started with my wife and my two daughters. Yeah, my wife would say, "Rick, you ought to write a book." My two daughters, Dad, you really ought to write this down. And I'd say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so when I became a battalion chief, I had a lot more opportunities to you know, influence people on the shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved going out to the stations, you know, doing station visits. And we'd sit down, you know, I'd pass along information. And so many times a conversation would go towards leadership, you know, or somebody say, hey, chief, I got a question for you. I'm having a, I'm having a problem with firefighter Schmuckatelli, you know. And so we'd go in the other room and always have coffee. They'd always put coffee on for me, Jen, whenever I'd show up. And so, so, so many times I'd hear, hey, chief, you ought to write a book. You ought to write this stuff down. And it's like, okay, so it was percolating, percolating. And uh, back in August of 2017, my wife and I were having that conversation again in the living room. And uh, she said, hey, I heard a uh, lady uh, being interviewed on the radio. She's got a company in Denver called My Word Publishing. You know, we'll check it out. So I searched it, found it on the internet. And it's like, uh, hey, she's hosting a a lunch and learn tomorrow afternoon called Self-Publishing 101. And fortunately, one of my meetings had been canceled. We signed up for it. We went down, met her. Her name's Polly Latovsky and met another lady named Susie Schaefer. And excuse me, afterwards, we talked to Polly and Susie and it just like bang, 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 walked out of the restaurant. I looked at my wife. I says, I guess I'm writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) And and so that's how, you know, it was they they really helped, you know, move that along so why 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 write why spend all that time writing Rick? well jen you know i I wanted to be able to share experiences with other people i've had some uh rough lessons in life i've told people you know there's been a time or two that i've had an industrial belt sander put to my rear end you know for some of the stupid things that i've done hence the story of how i got in the fire department in the air force and Mm. you know I, i want people that I would never, ever have the opportunity to spend time with, never have that chance of running into them in a coffee shop, you know, or, or in a bookstore, or certainly never had that chance to spend time with them in a firehouse kitchen table, you know, to learn these things. And so the, the story picks up, you know, when I was in high school, it was in March of 1972, I shouldn't say it picks up, but I include it. March 1972, um, I came home from uh, school and found my father dead on the floor from his fifth heart attack. And so, you know, I include lessons that I learned from that, you know, and a few others from high school and then some from my time in the Air Force and the Marine Corps and the fire department. But, I, but I'll add because some people think, oh, well, Rick, I'm not in the fire department. So I, I really don't, I'm not interested in your book. Well, my book is is not targeting you know, people in the fire department, you know, my, my book is targeting people who want to learn about leadership. You know, they want to grow, they want to develop, especially 
you know, those who are new to leadership positions, you know, those entry-level supervisors or mid-level supervisors, the ones that have questions like, hey, what do I do with this person over here? Like chapter three is called organizational monsters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like, what do I do with these people? You know, well, it's like, number one, let's take a look at it because so many times the organization builds those organizational monsters. So that that really drove me for, you know, writing the book to share my experiences with others with a desire to, to help people overcome some of their leadership challenges. And so they could grow and develop and they could grow and develop other people around them. That's awesome. And you've mentioned like, it's not, your book isn't for a specific industry or anything like that. How did the fact that you've moved so much and you've had experience in different parts of the country play into the way you wrote and the audience that you speak it to? (laughs) Stories stories and those experiences and uh mm-hmm. now i love watching the old black and white andy griffith shows yeah and there's so many times during the shows you know andy's telling a story you know well stories connect stories you know right. uh, you know if you someone who reads the bible you know christ himself you know relayed stories you know they called them parables you know and that gets people's attention stories get people's attentions and they want to hear about personal experiences. And so as, you know, growing up in Jersey and then going around, you know, to different areas in the country, and when I was in the Marine Corps, I was, uh, had the great, would turn out to be a great opportunity that I was attached to the fourth Marine amphibious brigade for a few months. And I got to go to sea on a ship and went to Norway and Germany and just the different individuals that, that you meet. Uh, they contributed to a lot of different people I met along the way. They contributed to some of the character names that I I have in my book. There's people that definitely had a very positive influence on me and I Mm -hmm. used their real names. There's other people that are on that other end of the scale. And so they have composite names. (laughs) Yeah. Probably a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although I will tell you, uh, there's a few people that have said, hey, uh, I think I know what this story is about. <laughs> that probably does happen when it's from your life experiences. <laughs> now, when you created your business and started the book and everything's kind of interacting with you, how have you been uh, building your business? Tell me a little bit more about that process and what that looked like as you've been writing your book and everything else. Focus in a little bit for me on the business and what's what that process has been for you. Okay. I'd never had a business. You know, I mean, I had always worked for somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. whether, you know, it was in the military and you know, when it was high school, whenever, you know, and I also had, uh, you know, several opportunities to get paid as an adjunct instructor, you know, but you're still, you're working for somebody else. So jumping into a business, it's like, okay, well, this is all brand new stuff. And uh, I had mentioned uh, Susie Schaefer earlier, and and Susie really was instrumental in helping me, you know, get the business started. Matter of fact, Susie's the one that uh, designed the logo, you know, for the business. And, you know, so she gave me pointers along the way. And then I have a very good friend down in Denver that I've known since 1981, uh, he's an insurance salesman. So he was giving me pointers, 
but nevertheless, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'm pioneering here for me. This is something new. So I, I'd go out, I'd buy books. You know, I'm an avid reader, as you could probably tell from behind me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd buy books, I'd read, I'd read articles. I'd go read the Harvard Business Review, you know, articles in the Wall Street Journal, you know, get, get as much information in there as I could trying to build a business. But it's like, okay, what, what do I do? Yeah. How do I get clients? You know, so initially it was just a lot of word, word of mouth. It wasn't until, you know, I pulled the plug on my career in the fire service and then became a member of the Maxwell team that where you know, the just a lot of business building resources are available to me through the team. And I mean, you know, sample contract templates, you know, things, things of that nature. And, uh, but one of the biggest areas that has helped me in building the business was the training that I received on networking. I was like, oh, networking groups. I've never, never heard of those things, you know, before. And so I just started uh, reaching out and I've gotten tied in with uh, several networking groups locally here in Colorado, but then also through the uh, Maxwell team networking. And, And that has just really started to expand the business as people are getting to know me. And, you know, after you know, depending on how many people show up in a virtual networking group, you know, uh, I belong to one that's a veteran business owners group out of Colorado Springs. And we typically get 45 seconds, you know, to talk about mm-hmm. ourselves. And, and so you know, we do breakout rooms there and there's others that I've done breakout rooms in. And so after a while, it's like, hey, well, wait a minute, Rick, I think I know somebody here that, you know, might be able to help you out. Or I know this person over here, they're struggling in this area you know, of leadership. And so my business has been building more so now from that networking aspect and me reaching out. Do I do cold calling? <laughs> no, I, I have not done. I have not done any any cold calling. I have used LinkedIn. You know, I've connected with people on LinkedIn. And I have found that to be successful from the standpoint of engaging people. You know, when somebody, you know, shares an article, they post an article is engaging them in that article. Yeah. It was something meaningful, you know, not just a simple, you know, thumbs up and, hey, this is nice, you know, but putting something in there that says, hey, you know, maybe this guy Davis knows something and he's not just pressing, you know, a like a like button in there. And I have seen that, you know, generate people, you know, looking at my LinkedIn profile. Uh, getting requests, you know, to become part of their network and then people reaching out, you know, more, more and more. And there's been a couple times here just within the uh, the past well, past six weeks that I've been surprised. One of them, a connection that I had not heard from since 2009, uh, fire chief in another state that reached out. And uh, I said, so after all these years, why'd you reach out? And it was, I've been watching your stuff on social media. So that's what I've been doing to build my business. That's awesome. What do you hope to achieve in the next couple months to a year with your book and the business? What are some goals that you have for yourself? Well, with the book, uh, I had an individual works for a marketing firm out of Philadelphia. He told me last year, he said, well, you know, Rick, he says, you're not a... uh, you know, Stephen King or J.K. Rowling, he says, so, you know, until you hit that type of fame, he says, you're not going to get rich selling the book. He says, however, he says, look at your book as a business card on steroids. He said, it's going to mm-hmm. open up doors for you. 
And so that that's essentially, you know, how I have been, you know, using the book uh, that way. So as far as, you know, growing the business and what I'm doing, I sat down last month and I developed a, a marketing plan for 2021. And, uh, you know, that will start off several things. Uh, first off, it'll be a monthly uh, leadership newsletter. So, you know, people who are interested in that, you know, they can you know, contact me through uh, my email or website to get on that list. And that'll be uh, done on a monthly basis. And then I'll also be uh, launching a monthly uh, webinar as well, you know, a leadership webinar. And then I've got a couple other plans that are brewing in the works that I'm trying to, you know, finalize related to, you know, doing some very short uh, videos uh, related to leadership, you know, on uh, Facebook Live and being consistent with that. Uh, I had a, a podcast interview uh, last month from a, a leadership outfit in Nevada. And following that, they reached out to me and they asked me if I would be interested in writing a leadership blog for them. They have a blog of writing. And so I, I agreed. I said, yeah, I do that on a monthly. And I, I want to go ahead and say also that from that same uh, organization, my book wound up on their list called the 20, um, or excuse me, the top 10 most surprising leadership books of 2020. And so right now, you know, thank you. You know, and I, I've uh, had an opportunity last week to uh, deliver a short speech lesson to the San Diego Civil War Roundtable. <laughs> you know, and awesome. uh, the, one of the things that is on my list that I want to create, you know, I, I've been a student of the Civil War ever since I've been a little, little kid. And uh, I, I love studying the uh, Gettysburg Campaign of 1863. And so what I have been working on and, and I don't know, you know, exactly when this will be done, but it is one of my goals, you know, for the first six months of 2021 is to create a virtual staff ride, you know, for Get, uh, Gettysburg. And the staff ride is done quite often in the military uh, and even in the wildland uh, fire service where you go to that site and then you hit key areas and talk about what occurred there and the lessons uh, learned you know, from that, uh, a goal of mine for the first quarter of 2021 is through the Maxwell team. I have, uh, the ability to get certified to, uh, deliver, uh, the disc assessment. And so my goal for, you know, that first quarter is to, you know, get that, uh, accomplished. And then also associated with the Maxwell team, a goal of mine is to begin more strongly marketing what's called the leadership game. It's a, it's a tool that's designed to assess the leadership strengths and areas that need to be built for teams. On December 7th, the virtual version is being released, uh, which that's another thing that has come about, you know, because of COVID. Or prior to that, you know, you could deliver the game in person. Now we're, we're all like this, you know, you're forced to hold the card up to the, the camera, you know, on the computer or type in the question and chat. So just by that going virtual, you know, that will open up more doors. So, you know, those are those are my main goals coming up, you know, for 2021. Now, is this all a learning curve for you and an adjustment to learn how to adapt to all this new technology? And I know for me personally, like I know LinkedIn, I'm decent with Instagram, but 
I have had to really learn how to do the live streams and posting videos and all of that. And the whole YouTube world is still something I'm learning. And I'm wondering, like, you have a lot of big goals. That's a lot of stuff to learn and technology. Do you have someone managing this or are you jumping in and learning all of this yourself? I have a daughter that does <laughs> marketing for a realtor locally, and she has helped me with Instagram. Uh, as far as LinkedIn is concerned, I, uh, I went with a, uh, a company not to manage my LinkedIn profile, but to you know, teach me how to build a good profile. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, did, I did that, they're called Vengresso. And uh, you know, so that really helped me out from that. Um, you know, I still need to learn how to embed uh, the videos. But as far as Zoom is concerned, our fire department uh, went to using the Zoom platform several years ago, uh, you know, because we have to do trainings. You know, when we do hands-on trainings, you know, we had a training facility, but you can't bring everybody together. You know, you can't strip the city. And so there's other classes, you know, leadership classes, uh, medical type classes, things like that you know, that could be delivered in this platform right here. So Zoom wasn't anything uh, new for me. You know, it was just mm-hmm. very easy for me to, you know, jump in and just just continue it. Uh, the LinkedIn, I've been on LinkedIn for, you know, several years. So other than just updating, you know, some of those things and making my, you know, profile look better, I was familiar with that platform. The two big areas are the Instagram and and the Facebook, you know, doing live Facebook. And so, but again, I, know, I have a daughter, you know, who's doing marketing for a realtor and, you know, and so she's been able to help me out with that. And I'll, and I'll also add to one of the benefits of several benefits of being a member of the John Maxwell team is in October, they released a platform that's related to marketing. So I just, all I have to do is go in and put in some, you know, basic information and then, you know, it can take care of the rest, you know, and it's set up on the calendar. So I don't have to write it down. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, am I supposed to post on Instagram today? You know, once I get it set, it'll go out automatically. I'm sure it's helpful to have those tools. (laughs) But there's still still the learning, learning curve, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Mine is just honestly the comfortability in front of the camera when I'm talking to nobody and trying to get that so I don't seem like a robot and and I have an angle that's, you know, not up my nose or too close to my face and all that good stuff. But luckily I do have my daughter as well who helps me with that kind of stuff. How are your how is your wife and daughter supporting you and um, handling all of your life changes and all this new stuff you're doing? Well there's a lot of change. Uh, I have two daughters. My oldest one, she's getting married to a gentleman in the Air Force on December the sixth. Congrats. <laughs> and and that and that came out this year. My youngest daughter, uh, she's gonna be getting thank you, she's gonna be getting married next May. And it's wow, a, you, know, you guys couple, are expanding. <laughs> yes. So you couple that with, you know, the changes in my professional uh, career. Uh, hey, you know, frankly, my wife, uh, she wasn't sure what it was going to be like, you know, once I left the fire department. There's a lot of firefighters that struggle a lot. 
you know, they wrap up their identity in the job. And that was uh, something that came to light for me back in 2009 uh, when I was part of the executive fire officer program at the National Fire Academy and some of the readings that we had to do ahead of time. And it's like, I, I can't be wrapped up in the job. My identity cannot be, you know, in my uniform or, or in the badge. But still, you know, she wasn't sure, hey, hey, he's going to be home all the time now. You know, and, and both the daughters are still living here until they get married. And there was like, well, dad, we have our girls nights out. You know, we watch Hallmark movie. We watch <laughs> Guy Fieri. We watch this. We watch that. You know, in front of the TV set. Yeah, my wife wasn't sure what it was going to be like. But yeah. leaving the, the fire department, the amount of stress has been just tremendously uh, reduced. And so I sleep through the night where I rarely slept through the night, even at home, I rarely slept through the night just because of that high state, hypervigilance is what it is referred to. I was walking mm -hmm. around in a constant state of fatigue and, yeah. you know, and stress. So once I've left, you know, that stress left and I sleep through the night. And so my, my wife has been happy. Uh, you know, the, the daughters, you know, they've been fine, too. You know, my youngest daughter, she's been working from home since uh, January anyway. And so from the support aspect of it, uh, I, Jen, I, I have been tremendously blessed by the Lord to have my wife, Deb, and my two daughters, Rebecca and Emily. And uh, they're both marrying great guys. Excuse me, have been accepted, you know, in that a family they get along very well with us, and so the the support the support is just you know incredible. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for you know more support. That's fantastic. Now, how can our listeners get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me. Uh, like my website is www.impactusleadership dot com and my email address is on there and i think for the listeners that would probably be the easiest way to get a hold of me but i'll throw out the email address anyway it's info at impactusleadership.com and impactus is i-m-p-a-c-t-u-s and other than the book, what kind of services, what should they be reaching out to you for? How, um, what kind of services would you be providing? I'll provide uh, leadership consulting. I've got a lot of experience working with small teams. And when I was in the fire department, uh, I took over two struggling teams. One was a hazardous materials team and the other one was a wildland firefighting program. And I took both of those teams and I turned them into successful, very efficient professional units. So I got that type of experience. So, you know, the people from an individual basis, if there's an individual out there who says, I am struggling, you know, in leadership or I want to personally grow, you know, those are the type of people, you know, that I can coach. You know, yeah. I can help them, you know, grow individually. I can help them, you know, with the problems that they're struggling with. From an organizational perspective, I can definitely, you know, come in and help people, you know, with their teams if they're struggling, even if they're not struggling, you know, to make, you know, their team better. But also, you know, handling the growth in the organization. A lot of 
people, a lot of companies, I should say, talk about succession planning. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I think that's all it is. It sounds good to them. You know, it looks good on paper. It looks good when they go to a networking event or they're talking, you know, that they're friends, you know, or so forth like that. It makes it sound good, but it's not happening. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're not, they're not even training the people who are coming into those entry level leadership positions. It's like, hey, here it is. It's OJT. And most of the time that OJT stinks, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it fails and it contributes to what statistics are showing is the Gallup uh, ran a survey on American workers and found out that 50% of the American workforce is disengaged. 20% are so disengaged that they're just collecting a paycheck. So mm-hmm. 60% of that crowd is saying it's because of poor leadership. American Psychological Association is saying something very similar, that 75% of the American workers report their stress is related to the boss. It doesn't. It shouldn't be that way. So I can come in and I can help the boss or the bosses and the people who are coming up, you know, develop, develop themselves to become better leaders, develop their people to become better leaders. And also I want to add in is on a strong character base. I believe leadership is built on the firm base of uh, integrity. And if we don't have integrity, the the rest of it doesn't matter. So that, that's how I can I can help people. I got experience working with some difficult individuals. You know, when you look at two branches in the military and the fire service, <laughs> and, and you know, you know that it, it's a uh, high testosterone. You know, talk about A type personalities, triple A personality. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot yeah. of egos. You know, so I've I've got experience working with those people, and I know how to tap into it. It's like a fire hydrant sitting down on the corner. You know, it's just sitting <laughs> down there and it's not doing anything, but there's a lot of potential and it's not doing yeah. anything until the fire engine pulls up, connects the hose to the side of the engine and then the hydrant. But it's still not doing anything until you put the wrench on top of it and you open up that valve. And I love doing mm-hmm. that. I love opening up that valve in people and just bringing out that potential and tapping that into them, helping them grow and develop. Well, you certainly have the experience. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I have one more question for you. We asked this of everyone who's been on the show, and that is, what legacy do you want to leave? You know, um, I've been asked that question in the past, and, you know, when my time does come, and, you know, I certainly don't want to leave a legacy that when somebody mentions my name, there's a string of adjectives attached to the front end and the back, back end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I want, well, first of all, you know, from my family, you know, my wife, you know, and my daughters to look back and say, you know, hey, you know, Rick was a, a, a loving, you know, godly husband and father. Yeah, he supported us and he took care of us. Uh, from those who I've had the opportunity, the privilege to be involved in their lives, you know, I want with them, I want to be able to leave a legacy saying, hey, you know what, this is what Davis taught me. I learned this. I learned this from from him. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I appreciate you being on the show and sharing some of that with us and the listeners. And I will be posting all of the information about how to get in contact with you and where to purchase your books so that other people can also learn a little bit of information from you. So we can hopefully extend that legacy a little bit more. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate the opportunity. Like what you hear? Become a supporter of Leadership Requested. Subscribe to the Leadership Requested podcast. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening and catch us next Wednesday on Leadership Requested. Your leadership has been requested. Are you ready?